Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and as you've heard, joined by Brent Hi. and Ski. Hello, friends. Your second high was far less uh, enthusiastic <laughs> than your first one. Yeah, I was trying to match the first <laughs> one, and I couldn't remember how much I committed to the first one. <laughs> yeah, we definitely went down a couple octaves. <laughs> your intensity level certainly decreased. Um, I'm an elderly man. I mean, <laughs> not as elderly as the man sitting across from well, me. Well, yeah, true. I mean, you Grandpa don't have any Joe grandkids yet. Right. <laughs> he sprung out of bed to record this podcast. Right. <laughs> I can't even get my roomies yeah. right. Yeah, he, yeah. he was stumbling all around as he regained feeling in his uh-huh. legs after laying in that bed for 20 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what, did you guys bring up Charlie and Chocolate well, Factory there? He called your Grandpa Joe. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so. I didn't catch that, sorry. Like, see, it's funny because you're a grandpa. <laughs> and it's funny because you're the one most likely to wake up in a bed with another man and two women. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how to interpret that. It is probably the most honest statement Brent's ever made on this podcast, though. <laughs> I mean, between the three of us, <laughs> exactly. you are far more likely to be in that scenario than either he or I. I, I get the impression that Helena is relatively conservative. Um, and I am, you know, I would say that Sherry's, I don't have any idea if she's more or less conservative than Helena, but uh, I would say that between the two of us, um, it, it's it'd be unlikely. The- like, it's not a suggestion I think I'd ever be in the mood to make, mm-hmm. you know. But even if for some reason I was in the mood to make that suggestion, um, not only would it not go anywhere, but for the remainder of my days, I'd be waking up on the Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> Before you get your phone out, see, that's a couch. <laughs> Traditionally oh, okay. with four legs. All right. <laughs> if you wanted to be perfectly balanced. <laughs> Actually, perfectly balanced would be three legs because at any given time, any four-legged thing is actually just sitting on three legs anyway. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be going over... His mind always goes back to tripods. Yeah. <laughs> Season three. <laughs> Do you like that one? That was good, yeah. It reminds me of that scene on... Uh, Awesome powers, <laughs> where Mini Me like leans forward. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the color commentary. <laughs> so again, today we're going over season three, episode twenty-two, Rose's Big Adventure. And a big uh, adventure it is, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ski will be doing biggest. the recap for us. Second biggest. And uh, everything <laughs> else will be standard format. And uh, Spoiler alert. Continue on our... No man dies. Yeah, that is a shame. That we're aware of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her first biggest adventure, she actually makes it on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this time, she doesn't. <laughs> so, with that, yeah, it'll be a standard format on our way to finding the greatest episode of the entire series. Mm-hmm. So... I think we're ready to turn it over to Ski for that recap. We'll jump right in. Both feet. Both, Both feet. Air date uh, originally was March 12th, 1988. Mm, Down off week. This one was written by Jeff Abugav. Abugav, mm-hmm. maybe? Abugabi. I have mm-hmm. not. I, I don't recognize the name. It's, yeah, maybe a, a new name, one. New one for us that I, I don't recognize, at least. Uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, we opened in the garage, which... Is an odd place, and then the last time we saw the garage was maybe yeah, was like minks. Yeah, was, that's what that's I was saying. Like, where are the minks too. at? <laughs> so they've long gone, Alan. Mm-hmm. Long gone. They did clear it out nicely from that garage sale, though. <laughs> so. 
Uh, Dorothy Blanth and Sophia are entering the garage, which appears to be in disarray. Uh, Dorothy is uh, upset that a contractor is not present, stating that a remodeling job uh, it won't be completed in time. That's why she should have hired a union man. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I think they even state something about how they're going to have a bunch of guests guests coming, mm-hmm. and they right. don't have a spot for the various people. Yeah, like an additional place for people to, to sleep and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, they get a lot of visitors. That would actually probably be pretty worthwhile for them. Oh, definitely. They've already talked about you know how many times they've had to double up in the beds. True, true, true. A man named Ernie then enters and asks, looking pretty nice, doesn't it? Or looks pretty nice, doesn't it? Dorothy angrily snaps that the garage looks exactly like it did the past two weeks. Uh, he then clarifies that he was actually referring to his new suit. Right. Mm-hmm. I like uh, a well-dressed contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I gotta say, if a guy who was a contractor that was presently doing the job walked in wearing a suit, I would not expect a lot from that person. Yeah, for definitely that day. not. But yeah, it was odd because you know after he has this little exchange back and forth, then he you know like takes his jacket off and goes to start working, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought was really odd. Yeah. Do you guys ever watch um, New Adventures of Old Christine? No, I don't. I, I've seen a, a couple episodes of it. Okay. So. Have you ever seen it? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Um, Clark so we, Gregg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. Um, I like her a lot. Yeah, I do too. She's, she's really, old really, Christine. Yeah, yeah. She's very attractive in this. Like She's like probably in her 50s or so mm-hmm. at the time, um, but she's still like an attractive lady. I think she still is now, but, you know, even mm-hmm. then. Long story short, you know, um, my wife and I started watching it, and it's really, really good. And like you said, Clark Gregg is in it, who I'm a big fan of. And he looks like Clark Gregg, except, like, he's always showing up, and he's, like, wearing sweatshirts, and, you know, he's, like, dressed down. Right. And it's one of those things that's just disconcerting because I'm used to seeing him in his suits. Well, yeah, because we're used to him as Agent Colson at this point because he's done that so much. Exactly. But even, like, in his, like, you know— you know, worn down clothes or whatever. Um, he's always clean shaven and his hair is always parted in that, you know, Agent Colson way. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but anyways, like on episode five or so, they mentioned that he was a contractor. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, then that kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, he'd always be kind of dressed somewhat casually. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, so anyways, I just thought that was really interesting. And it was one of those things that, like, of all the occupations, you know, you give a man who looks like Clark Gregg. Like, right. why did they decide contractors? <laughs> yeah. Like, what this guy looks like. Yeah, he's not rugged. Um, he is I mean, not. you know, he he's kind of has a little bit of that Paul Rudd type thing going uh-huh. where, you know, he, he still stays looking pretty youthful, you know, <laughs> even as he continues to age. Yeah. But rugged is not a way that I would describe yeah. Clark Gregg. Exactly. <laughs> Or Paul Rudd. <laughs> well, no, 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 he's not. Although I would say Paul Rudd looks more rugged. He, or at least you could make him look. Yeah. I see that too. I could go along with that, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, he was referring to his new suit. Dorothy uh, firmly states that if they don't see some progress soon, he'll be off the job. Uh, he reminds her, you know, how difficult it is for finding a quality contractor around. And she makes a kind of snide but clever comment that, yeah, you're living proof. <laughs> exactly. Didn't they have a bad contractor when they did that bathroom? Yeah. Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About right? Yeah. Well, no, one was like the guy who dropped off the toilet. Right. Well, yeah, because was he wasn't the really the contractor back, per or? se. But yeah, he came to drop off the toilet and basically told him that, you know, good luck installing it yourself. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he was going to install it, but he was going to like rake him over the cold or something, right? right? Or price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, good luck installing your dilapidatory. Blance <laughs> <laughs> uh, tries to kind of <laughs> quell the dispute, <laughs> uh, telling Ernie that you know she was just uh, 
grumpy from having got up on the wrong side of a cold, lonely bed. Uh, he seems surprised that... Is your nose on strike? Yes. You're going to have to pick it. <laughs> that was, that was, you said your truest statement ever and probably your most childish joke that I think I've heard you say during our you know 70 episodes of this show so far. You're I kind of really liked it, though, honestly. Yeah. I definitely didn't expect I'm, I'm not it. Guess, yeah. I'm not guessing it's uh, unique or like original, but I did like it. It's not. I'm guessing it's not unique or original, but I did like it. <laughs> I would say that most of Brent's jokes are both unique and original. Yeah. But, you know, he knows when to pull out the... <laughs> well, he, he knows how Play to pick the them. classics. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get it? Mm-hmm. That was good. <laughs> uh, he seems surprised that an, uh, an attractive old older lady like Dorothy would uh, be alone. Of course, Sophia then pipes in because she can't have this kind of... Uh, right. She can't allow a compliment. She says, you're letting a man with taste like this remodel our garage? <laughs> So Dorothy kind of gives her mother a shove from the back, and they all walk into the kitchen while Ernie then gets to work, like you said, taking off his suit jacket right. and nicely folding it. Uh, Dorothy makes a comment that, uh, you know, what's upsetting her is that uh, he's got them over the barrel, you know, saying that he's got the power of the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Some people don't know the, the term, you know. We've got international listeners. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they well, may not know all of our colloquialisms. Turn of phrase, yeah. you know. Blanche chimes in telling about uh, a keg party she went to where a man had her over a barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, they walk into the living room and Dorothy kind of cuts her off from that story as they uh, apparently have company. Uh, Rose's new guy friend named Al. Mm-hmm. Al has uh, just retired from the deli and uh, is looking forward to taking it easy. Uh, Al knows is the time, though, uh, and tells the girls that he must be going. Uh, Rose walks in the door and the girls mention that, you know, he seems pretty special and... Uh, she tells them that she may be falling for him and then points out several of his better characteristics. He is sensitive, caring, and thinks that Rose is neater than a hard salami. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that is something you want to establish if you think you might be suiting with the fella. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He prefers you over the hard salami. but uh-huh. And he's a deli man, so yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows his meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was a, a uh, that the comment that was said a moment of passion and she says she shouldn't have repeated it. <laughs> uh, just then Ernie comes uh, walking in uh, through the living room saying his goodbyes to everybody. The girls stop him saying that he'd only been there about ten minutes. Dorothy tells him though if he leaves, uh, not to bother coming back, and he just responds, "Fine, see ya," and then heads out. Uh, they are all kind of stuck as to uh, what their next move should be but kind of review their options to uh, beg Ernie to come back, find a new contractor, or uh, burn down the garage and build a home with an ocean view, which is uh, Sophia's preference. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad option. Uh, <laughs> I guess it must be a detached garage. <laughs> so. It's clearly not. Though, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, because if they burn that down, then I think that would probably go ahead. I mean, ahead the pictures from the front of the uh, house makes it clearly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless there's a weird divide somewhere. Yeah, maybe it's just such a slight divide that it's imperceptible <laughs> when you're looking at you're it. You're kind of half camera. walking outside, but yeah. there's just like some open air. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't like burn down the entire house and like just move someplace? Well, I think she said burn down the garage, but maybe inferring yeah. to take the whole house with it. I mean, it seems like then the original builders would be like, oh, we should put the windows on this side so they can see the ocean. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. We change scenes. We uh, are in the kitchen. Sorry. We see Dorothy... Mm-hmm. 
arguing with a, a contractor on the phone. I don't know arguing is the right term, but kind of not even negotiating per se. But yeah, just basically shooting him down pretty uh, yeah. firmly that he was way above their price. But I guess he actually has a, a few uh, choice phrases for her in return, which we don't hear. But yeah. we are uh, led to believe that uh, <laughs> yeah, they are perhaps uh, unsafe for network TV. Right. <laughs> At least from the 80s. Yeah. yeah. It's like two episodes in a row where, you know, Dorothy's tried to do her Bob Newhart impression. <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't pull it off. What Does impression anybody, is that? though? Well, like, just like, like, like conversations one, on the phone? Where, yeah, yeah. You only hear one side of it. Yeah. Bob Newhart is really good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversation, of course, like we said, does not really end well. Mm-hmm. Blanche then tells her that, well, that she just spoke to the last contractor in the Yellow Pages, <laughs> which... Well, that's they must a dated have, reference right there, but... Well, I'm just saying that that would have been a whole lot of people who would think. Yes, yeah, Miami. I mean, for God's sake, there's <laughs> got to be a, a thousand contractors in the Yellow Pages. Depends on like what their uh, range of distances going though. Yeah, but maybe. I the, don't even know that you can really sort that in the Yellow Pages. Yeah, well, I'm sure there is a, an a, an area for that for remodeling or contracting, but it does seem like there would maybe be different subheadings mm-hmm. um, that you could. Well, it might be like South Side or East Side or something. Sure. I know yeah. they've uh, done those in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy says it's, uh, it's their neighborhood yellow pages. Oh, okay. Well, it looked pretty thick though, because mm-hmm. they uh, they pan out later and and see uh, Blanche kind of leaning over. And it looked like it was the big book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Dorothy says that she's pretty much ready to give up. But uh, Blanche tells her, you know, to pep up and not quit. Yeah. Uh, she didn't have a, a different line there, didn't she? Yeah, she, I mean, I don't remember the, I didn't have the entire line to it, but she just says, you can't give up, you're no quitter. Why just look at the many times you've been dumped by a man. And then she goes on to say something about, like, you just keep digging further and further down. Uh, and she asks her why, and she's like, I get it. And she's like, no, no, I'm asking seriously, why? <laughs> uh, then Rose walks in, clearly upset. She tells the girls that ever since uh, his retirement, Al has really just not wanted to do anything but watch TV. Which he kind of alluded to before, to be honest. All right. Sophia comes in telling the girls that... They uh, were in a golden age of television. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> <laughs> cheers and moon lighting and mm-hmm. don't even get me started yeah, on the Cosby he, show. <laughs> he does later say something about wanting to watch the moon lighting, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if you were to retire mm-hmm. right now, okay. you know, selling your, your hard salami business and, uh-huh. <laughs> and move on, uh, what would be... Uh, what do you think you would do? Well, just just real quick here you know i think the the hard salami was a lost leader okay you know it's one of those things that he's not retiring on that money he's retiring oh. on his loin of pork money oh that's true yeah <laughs> that's where the money is exactly and i'd like to still think he has some uh, loin of pork money invested <laughs> you know <laughs> he's waiting on his loin of pork futures <laughs> to yeah. come through but uh exactly so i'm sorry the question was i was just like what would you do like if you were we're not going to say money's no object yeah. you know we'll say that Let's say that you could live within the confines that you currently live. Yeah, yeah. Less bills, a little more financial freedom. Yeah, yeah. Um, Current well, lifestyle, I just wouldn't have to put in eight hours a day. Exactly. So yeah. what do you think you would do with your, your retirement time? I mean, currently the way the world is now, I mean, I'd definitely go for more walks. Okay. Um, but eventually I'd like to think that, you know, movie theaters and stuff like that, I'd be comfortable going to on a daily or, you know, twice weekly basis or something like that. So would you get that uh, AMC pass and just really rake them over the coals for it? Mm, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. How about you, Ski? What would be your, uh, so so your retirement plan, if you were to do it right now, would just be to, let's assume we're, we're a little further post-COVID, um, yeah. would be watching as many movies as possible in the theater. 
Yeah, uh, and yeah. Walking. Okay. Yeah, and walking more. And walking. Yeah, just being more active in general and, you know, <laughs> riding a bike and all that sort. And what about you, Ski? I, I'm kind of with him on the fact that I'd like to get finally uh, – so I, my my issue from a working out perspective lately mm-hmm. has been like I'll work out pretty well for two three weeks and then I'll get distracted with life mm-hmm. and then it'll derail every, any progress I may have made <laughs> yeah. and then I'll try to get back on it again later. So I'd like to have a better workout routine, but I think if I actually had retirement time, I would like I'd like to draw and write more. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I, I'm. If, it would depend, I guess. If I retire and it was just me, yeah. you know, and not uh, my other friends or whatever, yeah. then I'd probably be along the same lines as Brent. I, I may try to become more involved, like with my kids' school and things like that. Yeah. Obviously, at this age, they're still young. Well, so. I got grandpa. I'm oh, grandpa I, now. I know. So. Yeah, you got along. All that grandson time. <laughs> yeah, you go to grandparents' day and shame all the old grandparents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or pick up some of the foxy older lady mm-hmm. grandparents three things to say but i'll let you finish first but yeah, i was going to say ski and i have many times over the years talked about various projects uh, that you know, like making cartoon or comics and things like that you and i have talked about doing different podcasts you know about music mm-hmm. and things like that yeah. so i think if i was retired and didn't have work to deal with anymore those would be the things i'd probably pursue would be you know, just those kind of like, I guess, for lack of a better term, passion project type things. Yeah, it's a good term. Well, so, it's pretty accurate. I just don't know if, if it, if my feeling qualifies as a passion. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but those kind of projects would be, I think, where I'd focus my newly found free time. Yeah. Um. So, real quick, as far as yeah, I think I think you're right. As far as passion projects, you know, I would definitely not a euphemism, but smoke meat more often. Okay. Yeah, that's something that I've done in the past, <laughs> and I would like to spend more time doing that. You have um, a smoker at home? Mm-hmm, yep. Um, yeah, that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, and then also maybe like write a book or something. Okay. I had the time for that. Now, do you think you'd write a novel, or do you think no, you'd write I, a? I'm not creative in that way. So, what would you write a book about? Like generally. Well, um, I've toyed with the idea of writing a book about Elvis Costello's Goodbye Cruel World album. Oh, very cool. I think I could write the definitive, you know, history or story of that album, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody else is going to. So it's That's probably to fair. Now. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you think that um, how elated would you be? Let's say you wrote this book, uh-huh. and uh, you know, were you able to get a publisher, you know, like a uh-huh. relatively mainstream yeah. publisher? And they made the audio book, and Elvis Costello was willing to read it himself. Mm-hmm. Would that? Would you be really stoked about that, or would you be like, "He's not going to really know where I want the inflections out, so you wanted yeah. to do your own"? <laughs> it's one of those things that, uh, I mean, if that's how he wants to spend his time, mm-hmm. then you know, more power to him. Okay. You know, but I would much rather if he's going to spend, you know, forty hours in the studio recording something, I would rather get more music out of him you know (laughs) but um i guess like the ideal dream follow-up to that would be like letting me write the liner notes to to another reissue of goodbye cruel world i think that'd be fun very cool um and then the other two things is um so i've been working out more so i'm definitely with you but i was actually noticing that but it's always awkward. Well, there's a while where you were doing a ton of running wasn't it yeah yeah and i'm not there yet i i'm just you know, like I did nine miles this morning, but that's it was, was like a brisk walk. So, but I'm down 30 pounds. Oh, so. that's great. That's wow. So, that's impressive. Yep. Yeah, um, just over a third of the way to where I need to be. So, but I've got it like whoa, mapped whoa. down on my phone. You say you lost 30 pounds and that's a third of the way you want to. Yeah. So I, you want to lose 90 pounds? Yeah. So just from where I started from. Okay. I was like, I can't imagine you 60 pounds lighter than what you are yeah. now. Yeah. So I've still got a, yeah, I can. 
just because I know where I was at before when I was running, you know, every day. So, um, but I've got like, so I've got 26 weeks and five days until my birthday. Oh, okay. Um, and so that's like my thing, my mile. Like I want to be at my goal weight by my birthday. So, well, good luck. So, and I've been a slightly, like slightly ahead of schedule. I've been like a pound and a half, two pounds ahead of schedule for the last 13 weeks, however long I've been doing it. So you can afford like a snicker bar and then <laughs> I could have a cheat day or two. <laughs> so and still, you know, be making the progress I needed to. I really wish I would have gone with a different candy bar there. I wish I would have gone with something more obscure that would have seemed more like you like a Charleston chew. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and so speaking of Charleston, I've been reading a lot of articles about you recently. About me? Yeah. Um, just about um, like the first millennials are becoming grandparents. Oh. Um, so like you, you are not alone. That there are a lot of people, um, you know, in your age range that are, you know, having their first grandkids. So you're on the you know precipice of like this whole new thing and so like they're just sort of trying to figure out because and this this is not you at all um but others within your you know age group or whatever aren't as you know together as like you know their parents or grandparents were i mean you you know you guys have your own house and you both have jobs and everything like that you're doing really well but a lot of people in your age group aren't you know they're still trying to figure it out and then on top of that now they're grandparents and it's just this whole thing that you know it's like sort of like the great grandparents now have to step up and Oh, know, yeah. Help out and everything. Can, yeah. So um, yeah, that would be weird to be like, oh, yeah, my grandpa, he lives in my gra- grandma's basement. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but it, it was really odd because, like, your your whole thing happened and everything. And then, like, over the next last two weeks or whatever, I see, like, three different articles about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. You know, he's a trendsetter. <laughs> uh, one of my friends I used to work with, he's, he's since moved on to another uh, – job uh-huh. but uh he's like i think maybe a year older than us mm-hmm. maybe 43 ish yeah and uh he for a while has had like multiple grandkids <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah and, and like i think the oldest grandkid is maybe like four or five and i was like man because he, mm-hmm. he admittedly started early but mm-hmm. so did his kids so yeah. see i would think that as time goes on the number of young grandparents like what ski is now yeah would probably has decreased because you know i just think people used to have kids younger Mm -hmm. and you know so it was probably very typical for you have a kid when you're 18 your kid has a kid when they're 18 or even younger yeah Yeah. Um, whereas nowadays like i think sherry and i you know we're 42 now and our young our oldest is 13 so Mm -hmm. you know unless something crazy happens we'll probably be hopefully another decade older before we have a kid our grandkids we'd probably be in our mid 50s yeah um or or possibly later because gwen shows no interest in having kids which is fine by me yeah um you'll be a, a golden guy right yeah so i think i think that will probably be the more common thing as yeah. time goes on but yeah there's still certainly a, a plenty of people in ski's position and like you said a lot of them that are in yeah. his position as far as the grandparenthood but yeah not uh, still a fully functional adult themselves yeah. like um so like my mom was 18 when she had me and my dad was 18 19 uh, I'm sorry. No, scratch. I'm sorry. She was 20 when she had me, and okay. he was like 20, 21 oh, okay. in that area. So it's one of those things that, like, when I turned 18, you know, my mom, you know, my parents were 38, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, when I moved out of the house, they were 38. So 
when my two youngest were born, I was in my mid to late thirties or whatever. So it's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a kid and I'm like, you know, every memory that they like every memory that I have from when I was their age, you know, my parents were, you know, way younger than yeah. I am now. It's, it's one of those things that like, just to think back and realize that, okay, you know, I was 10, my mom was only 30 yeah. and yeah. I'm 15 years older than that almost. And the funny thing is though, is that you probably would have, I mean, your memories would probably be almost the same just because when you're a kid, someone who mm-hmm. is just that much older seems like an old person anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, there's almost not that much of a difference. It's like, okay, there's someone who is an adult up mm-hmm. to being an old person and they're old people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, whether you're 21 or 45, you're mm-hmm. basically lumped into the same group in a mm-hmm. child's eyes anyway. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, I do wonder if uh, it, well, Sherry's parents, you know, they had two kids when they were pretty young, like 18 and mm-hmm. 23. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. And then they went a decade and then had two more kids five years apart. Yeah. So their oldest and youngest are 20 years separated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really almost completely different experiences with the parents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. So Yeah. Cause I was like, I guess I would have been like, 25, 28, 35, and 38. Okay. Something like that. So you kept them well-spaced. Yeah, yeah. So that you could give them each that three to five years of love and then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's <laughs> like a car. You want it's to move them get. Out. Right, yeah. Exactly. The next one's going to have cup holders. <laughs> I like the idea that that's the upgrade <laughs> that you're looking for. And I like how the next one's going to be able to, uh, you know, play my iPod. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, your older brother had a CD player. Where's my CD player now? <laughs> right. Hopefully not leather seating. Yeah. <laughs> Corinthian leather. Right. Rich Corinthian leather. Exactly. Uh, so, back to the story. Yeah. Uh, Rose Tell is upset. She, uh... You know, Al's been kind of just a couch potato ever since he uh, got his retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia comes in and tells the girls that... Uh, Maddie's not bringing her the meat. <laughs> not bringing her the meat. Not like Sam the Butcher thinking <laughs> Alice the meat. <laughs> That's a good reference, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. It's Beastie From Boys. a song? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Beastie Boys were referencing the Brady Bunch. <laughs> okay, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's pretty great that you're referencing someone referencing someone else. Yeah, exactly. It's um, like Sam the Butcher bringing Alice the meat like Fred Flintstone running around with both feet. <laughs> he does know some really good uh, lyrics from Beastie Boy songs. He knows a lot I, of good I, I, I listen to a lot of Beastie Boys, but you mm-hmm. have definitely got the lyrics down. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a Beastie Boy when I grew up. Oh, really? Yeah. How'd that work out for you? Too Gentile. <laughs> Too Gentile. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of us all. Yeah, it's just one of those things. He's never had openings. <laughs> kept sending him your applications and yeah, kept like, put, the, in return. put the application in, but they just never exactly. got a call back. I like to think they're like, thank you for your interest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what we're looking for right now. But we'll keep your application on file <laughs> in case something does come available. Beastie Boy Inc. <laughs> Uh, Sophia comes in, tells the girls that she has found someone that can help them uh, finish the garage. Uh, so they quickly follow her out to the back of the kitchen into the garage. And Sophia introduces them to a rather elderly man in a wheelchair mm-hmm. uh, named Vincenzo. Uh, she tells them that Vincenzo used to be a world-renowned architect in Europe, uh, but now is uh, mostly a pervert. <laughs> 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 Changes focus slightly. 
Uh, and also, he doesn't speak English. Right. Seems uh, like that would be a, a barricade or a barrier, I should say, <laughs> between continuing his you know design work here in the United States. Slightly, slightly. But it's a good defense if you ever get accused of being a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Sophia explains that while Vincenzo can't do the work, he can instruct them on what to do uh, using Sophia as an interpreter. Dorothy thinks it's a bad idea, but Blanche suggests that they give it a try uh, since half the work has already been done for them. And also, you know, since, as we established, they've exhausted their contractor right. <laughs> options. Uh, when Sophia asks how much uh, he'll charge, he tells them that there's no fee. Uh, he first of all he likes getting away from the center he likes working and he likes being around pretty young girls mm-hmm. uh, they of course all blush from this statement feeling kind of uh, flattered uh, then Sophia hands Dorothy a piece of paper which is a list of pretty young girls he'd like them to get right which I don't know exactly what this expectation is <laughs> yeah that, that, that is definitely awkward <laughs> that it's like a, <laughs> bring me the women um. <laughs> they do not FYI no spoiler uh, Al arrives uh Later on, for a date, a movie date with Rose, uh, as he comes in, he asks if they can just you know stay in instead of going out tonight, even though Rose is clearly kind of dolled up for the night. Uh, she sits down with Al and explains that, you know, his desire to do nothing is a bit off-putting. All right. Uh, he used to be very active, but has quickly transformed into what she called a couch potato. Uh, she then asks him if there's something he always wanted to do, and explains that you know. You know, when he retires, he's got the time to do that. Yeah, but I mean, I think that he should get a certain amount of downtime. Mm-hmm. Like, if I you think just so retire, too. You can have a month just to relax well, and decompress. Sure. And, and then he he responds to her though, saying that <coughs> his dream was always to retire. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe this is what he was wanting to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I did think it was interesting. That we'll get into the guest actors, you know, <coughs> once we get around to the end of the episode. But this particular actor, he actually was in an episode of Moonlighting, um, which is oh, yeah? the show that they were watching or that he nice. wanted to watch. I wonder if he wanted to watch his own episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't he? Right. Right. <laughs> See how I did Moonlighting. I've seen a couple episodes of it, but it wasn't <laughs> something that I watched with any regularity my parents loved it i'm sure i watched quite a few of the episodes but i don't recall a whole lot about it It seems so weird to think of it like bruce willis being a tv star Mm -hmm. yeah it was really good um a few years back um i watched the whole thing and like because i saw a few episodes when i was a kid but uh, i had no blue moon detective agency right exactly with mr pesto you felt it held up well yeah i did i thought it was really 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 civil shepherd was the woman yeah (laughs) yep yep alice beasley and played mr pesto so yeah, so two and, uh, two pretty Curtis big stars. Armstrong played her. Curtis Armstrong. Yeah. What he, do we knew Curtis Armstrong from? Uh, Booger. Oh, okay. Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, very nice. Oh, I forgot who was yeah. he in that frequently. Was he yeah. like mm-hmm. a common? Yeah. Um, he was Mr. Pesto's. Boot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, big Curtis Armstrong fan. He still oh. pops up on stuff all the time. Yeah, he was on a show like uh, New Girl. Well, he was on that, but he was on a show where he was like a game show host on him and the other yeah, main the guy other from yeah. yeah. I think it was basically like trying to determine the king of the nerds. I think yeah. that was what it was, yeah, yeah, I think it was called King America's of the Nerds. Next top nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I think I heard about that. It was like a, a game show almost, right? Like yeah, a competition like a, show? Like yeah, like a reality team, type team, yeah, game show, yeah. Like, like they had uh, competition. Like, yeah. like they had different like things like who uh they would have like a theme for like technology one right, time, yeah, like D and D one time or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all sitting around talking about the foil method or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what nerds talk about. <laughs> You'd know. <so. laughs> uh, the 
cool ones talk about golden girls. <laughs> That's right. Do you prefer to expand your uh, binomials, Alan? Uh, no, I prefer them contracted. Contracted. <laughs> Simplified, you mean? Mm-hmm. Simplified, that's what we call it? No. Anyway, uh, back to the thing, couch potato. Hey, he's always wanting to do stuff. He wanted to retire. He gets up and says, you know, maybe she's just getting bored with him. Uh, he says it a little bit nonchalantly, but kind of hurt. He kisses her on the forehead and sees himself out, saying, you know, he was a bit tired anyway. Rose is then left alone on the couch, kind of looking confused as to what just happened, but also a bit lonely. Right. And she cusses, <laughs> which is, like, very rare for her. Mm-hmm. Scene change. The girls are ready to uh, get started. They're working in the garage, and Vincenzo is laying down uh, the law, saying that, you know, he's in charge, and they need to follow his instructions. He needs to in- then inspect the workers. Mm-hmm. Sophia kind of pushes the wheelchair uh, forward uh, behind the girls, and he, uh, of course, pinches Blanche. We don't know exactly where, but maybe on the butt is what yeah, we're kind of led to believe. Yeah, I would say so. Then Chinjo's face, though, when we see it, him, is uh, he's very pleased with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia, though, claims that you know it's just a reflex of being Italian. Right. Uh, he states that uh, they will begin work with a very simple task, installing the window. Mm-hmm. Dorothy will hold the window in place. Rose will hammer, and then Blanche will do the screwing. And then she quickly, uh, Sophia quickly insists that he came with that one all by himself. Right. <laughs> that was my favorite line on, them, on this episode. He then uh, gives instructions with uh, using construction type lingo. Sure. You know, they all look completely baffled. Blanche says the only word she recognized in that uh, sentence was studs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the first person to admit that um, I'm not the most like manly of men i I, mm-hmm. I couldn't fix a car uh, i mean i can change a tire but you know if it comes into the engine or anything mechanical with it i would be lost and definitely based on the instruction that he just threw out now granted now that i have google and whatnot that they wouldn't have <laughs> had available back then um you know i could look it up and, and discern specifically what he was asking and i can follow instructions on you know videos and whatnot that i see but yeah i would have had no clue uh on you're talking about like joists and stuff yeah and, and all that i mean i would have definitely been lost for there had been parts that i would have been like okay i kind of know what he's talking about but there had definitely been parts of that that i would have had no some nomenclature is very specific to different fields yeah and exactly they look like they're pretty uh confused already so mm-hmm. but uh, then because they're so confused realizing that they won't likely understand other instructions of his mm-hmm. enough to do the work uh, Vincenzo has a new idea. He suggests that he brings in his own crew to do all the work at no additional charge. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> right? Uh, Blanche asks why was he going to do all this for free. Sophia explains that he's senile and to stop asking questions. <laughs> yeah. I think she even says senile is a doorknob, <laughs> which, I don't mm-hmm. know, a doorknob senile? I, I guess. I don't know. Just then. I know they're dumb. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Being dumb as a doornail yeah. or doorknob. Is it doornail or doorknob? I feel like it's a doornail, but what the hell would a doornail be? So it must be doorknob. <laughs> I think it's dead as a doornail, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Dead as a doornail? But I still don't know what a doornail is, is the problem. Specifically, we, we got to have that wrong. The dumbest of the nails. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It sounds yeah. like we might be wrong. Anybody out there listening, if you want to correct us, please do so. Well, it's used to stress that someone or something is dead. The old captain was dead as a doornail, often used figuratively as negotiations are dead as a doornail. It says the term dead as a doornail was used in the 1500s by William Shakespeare and in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol in 1843. 
It's thought that the phrase dead as a doornail comes from the manner of securing doornails that were hammered into a door by clinching them. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I suppose, so that's as good an explanation as any, but I'm still not 100% certain what an actual doornail is, like where in the door a doornail goes. Maybe it's the the, the hinge, like the one that, like, because the the hinges beat, a nail kind of goes to the center, but, I mean... In modern terminology, I don't think we would call it a nail. We'd call it like a pin. Right. But, yeah. So, yeah. Dead is a doornail and dumb is a doorknob. Okay. So, it's like two separate distinct phrases. Good for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Learn a very little bit every day. Yes, mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so fuck you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, you know, amongst, like, the many, many results mm-hmm. of, you know, dumb as a doorknob and whatever, you know, one of the examples from phrases.com is, you know, what does dumber than a doornail mean? Uh-huh. So, for that one, they did doornail. Like, every everything else is, like, there's a wictionary for dumb as a doorknob. And all oh, okay. But this phrases.com, who doesn't even know what the phrase is, <laughs> is, you know... And so, that's their business. Yeah. <laughs> their phrases.com. They should know all the exactly. phrases. Exactly. And they're like, this is someone who is just stupid and doesn't even know what a doornail means, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so phrases.com just made my list. <laughs> but no, like everything else is like powerthesaurus.org, 17 idioms about dumb as a doorknob, you know. <laughs> Liberal common sense dot blogspot, <laughs> dumb as a doorknob. <laughs> Liberal common sense, you know, wiktionary.com. Everybody else uses it correctly, but fuckerphrase.com. Maybe they think they're, you know, a step ahead. And it's like, well, we can blend phrases, okay? We own this. This is our business, like you said. Horse sense dot blogspot gets it right. Um, classic thesaurus.com gets it right. Your dictionary.com gets it right. Yeah, phrases.com, they got a lot of nerve. <laughs> saying I'm dumb for not knowing what doornail means. <laughs> I like to think that uh, phrases.com is at the top of Brent's crumb list, the bottom of his crumb list, and every crumb in between. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, you're saying you don't want like some kind of like a uh, gift card to phrases.com? I don't want them sponsoring this podcast. For, That's for damn for sure. For all their special uh, exclusive content. <laughs> exactly. For all your phrases needs. <laughs> Brent's just still mad because he was actually planning to do a phrases.com as his retirement plan, oh, it's, it's, but now he's going to have to have phrases.net, and it just doesn't have the same. <laughs> I got a phrase for them. F you. You know, it could have been phrases.edu. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Educational, Alan. Yeah, but wouldn't he then have to be like a nonprofit? And Brent's all about the profit. That's why he does this podcast. <laughs> well, that's why you get in the phrase business, Alan. <laughs> this podcast the is the lucrative phrase industry. <laughs> you have to choose between oil, you know, yeah, all some these... kind of technology mm. or phrase phraseology. Yeah. It was a clear choice. My phrase futures are going to pay off. <laughs> clear choice. But... Uh... <laughs> Just then, mm-hmm. Al enters the garage holding what looks like a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells Rose that, you know, he's been thinking about what she said, and uh, he does want to follow a dream he used to have to sail around the world. Right. She thinks he's, you know, planning to book a cruise, but he explains that no, he used his whole life savings to buy a boat and hire a crew. And he says that he, uh, 
she wa- uh, he wants her to uh, come with him on the trip. The girls all look around, kind of shocked and speechless at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, we change scene. Blanche and Dorothy are uh, entering the kitchen, and they ask Rose why she's cooking at 2 a.m. All right. So we're, we're later on, I'm assuming, that night. Uh, she explains that she couldn't sleep, you know, so she decided to make an ancient Scandinavian midnight snack. Dorothy points out that, you know, probably after a hard night of pillaging, a Viking would want to be hungry or would be hungry. Yeah, a little something to go with this cocoa, which I, <laughs> you know, thought it was a, a nice callback to cocoa. Oh, you think it's your <laughs> <laughs> golden cocoa? Right. <laughs> uh, they state that it smells terrible. Right. And Rose explains that the smell is how you can tell it's done. Yeah, well, I, I like that there was another follow up line where they were talking about the smell that. Uh, I can't remember if it was Blanche or Dorothy that said it, but uh, whoever was said, Rose, if these had been offered to the Donner party, they still would have eaten each other. <laughs> yep, I think that was Dorothy. One of the kids got me a uh, joke of the day calendar for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the joke the other day, like like once a week, there's a good one. And then I got to suffer through the other six days. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but the good one for this week was, um, what's a cannibal have for his last meal? What? Five guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hungry cannibal. (laughs) He likes greasy food. (laughs) And a lot of fries. (laughs) Yeah, but Rose offers all the girls uh, some of her uh, treat there. And as you said, Dorothy says that uh, the Donner Party had a choice. They would still eat each other. Which party? The Donner Party. You're familiar with that, right? I am. I thought you said Dahmer. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that too. <laughs> but Rose tells them that uh, there's a special technique to eating the food, even despite the, the wretched smell. You hold your nose and uh, just pop it in your mouth. Rose then demonstrates and says, oh, it tastes like cheesecake, fresh strawberries, and chocolate ice cream. And raspberry. <laughs> I don't remember that, but maybe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Intrigued, Blanche uh, grabs one too, while no of course what's going on. pinching no. her nose. I have no idea what's going on. What do you well, snozberries taste like snozberries. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you caught the reference or you thought it was like something from the episode that you forgot no, to no, recap. No, no, no. Okay. I just, see, I think it's great. You tell a joke, it doesn't get the reaction you you expect. Me like you must not have understood what I said. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> I, I, Sorry, I, if I, I don't no, no, I'm glad you have confidence in your material, <laughs> <laughs> but they can't all be gems. <laughs> Sometimes it's all that carries me through. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It I was thought... good, but you're a laugher, so that's the thing. Is that if uh, you know, if like, I don't laugh at, enough, yeah, I if think? you don't laugh, then someone assumes you do not enjoy the joke because yeah, you're yeah. a generous laugher like, it's a good attribute exactly like like you smiled and i was like oh, all right alan yeah. got it <laughs> but you didn't laugh and i was like "Ooh, getting mixed messages here yeah. <laughs> concern crept across his face exactly like I, I i expect no laughter from my left but i always get a <laughs> smile or something yeah i'm a chuckler i'm a smiler yeah. and a chuckler it's actually a an attribute I, I'm trying to change a little bit. I'm trying to teach myself to laugh out loud more because mm-hmm. I wish that I did. Yeah. Um, you two are both generous laughers, which is probably part of the reason mm-hmm. that we've become, you know, yeah. close friends. But I feel like I wish I could return that because you two are both very funny. Yeah. Um, 
and, and I have a lot of funny people in my life, <laughs> but I'm just not great at laughing out loud. Yeah. So I've been trying to push myself to do that a little more yeah. often to, I don't know, it, it sounds like a weird thing. So if you ever yeah. hear me laughing out loud and it sounds a little awkward, <laughs> it's just because I'm, I genuinely find something funny and yeah. I'm just trying to get myself in a better habit <laughs> of expressing it more verbally. Yeah. So we've got, um, you know, the instant message system at work, um, me and my two closest work friends, you know, we've just constantly got a conversation running, mm-hmm. you know, and they are both big fans of, you know, the like LOL or LMFAO right. or whatever the line calls for. Sure. They will put that in there. And I just can't do that. Yeah. You know, um, it's just not me. So like whenever they, you know, type something that's really funny, I just have to put it's like, that was really funny, <laughs> period. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, you have to be careful with that because without the inflection, <laughs> you <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> like, they know because they've never seen me like, you know, do an lol or oh, the okay. little like you know emoji of i'm kind of the same i don't ever use emojis i, I can't i like, can't lol i just can't the only that. time i ever use emojis is ironically yeah. like to make fun of them almost <laughs> <laughs> but i'll do lol occasionally but uh uh i i'm weird about like text messages and even like mm-hmm. we use teams like microsoft teams yeah, yeah, is yeah, essentially yeah. a chat applet yeah and uh i'm real weird about my uh, punctuation Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. Like I will endlessly correct myself. Like if I'm writing a, a message mm-hmm. out or something, yeah. and I make a mistake, even if it's a minor mistake, <laughs> like I, I think it almost goes overboard sometimes. Like I guess I've never like if I forget a pe- period, mm-hmm. I won't put a period in a secondary mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. window saying sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if there's like a minor misspelling that people probably got, yeah, I'll still correct myself. Oh, I yeah. hate it so much. I hate when I feel like I've typed out comedic gold and I push sin and I look back and I instead of saying like R it said out you know <laughs> yeah. I'm so pissed I'm like god damn this yeah. is going to be what's noticed now mm-hmm. it's not going to be Same. the value of this joke <laughs> I um I forget this and this was not like a, a funny funny thing whatever I meant to I forget what the, it was but I need I wanted C-U-E you mm, know okay. but I did like Q-U-E-U-E oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I took the long way around to misspell that right. <laughs> yeah. so, sorry yeah, I think we got off track yeah. there but we're that's around. what we do so, yeah. is it not so mm-hmm. at this point oh yeah they're in the kitchen eating the uh, the snack that Rosie oh, yeah. made so yeah <laughs> Blanche is <laughs> Blanche is intrigued because Rose said that you know t- tasted like all these things they find delicious mm-hmm uh, so she gr- tries one too, of course, while pinching her nose, and agrees that it's delicious. Right. Uh, Dorothy, of course, follows suit because now she's got to, you know, try it as well. Just then, Sophia walks in, seeing them all, you know, in their funny position with their nose pinched, <laughs> and says, "Hey, give me a break! You can't smell that from the ha- hall," <laughs> yeah. which is a great line. I, yeah, that was a good one. That was almost my favorite. Uh, Rose says that you know she's upset, uh, not knowing how to answer Al's offer. Uh, Dorothy says that, you know, the choice seems obvious and that she knows how she would respond. Sophia then, you know, begins her typical berating of her daughter that, you know, she'll never receive such an offer and uh, say so is ridiculous, basically. Yeah. Saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we got people across the, you know, line up down the block. Mm-hmm. Very sarcastically. Yeah, she goes on and on about it. That's pretty yeah, good. At some point, Dorothy kind of cuts her off. Uh, Rose is afraid that uh, she may have pressured Al into doing something he didn't really want to do. Uh, the girls, though, insist that it'll be good for him. Although, if he used his whole life savings, yeah, I know. that seems almost drastic. 
Because, I mean, for one trip. Yeah, a trip around the world, even like by boat, like you're talking a year or less, right? I mean, it would yeah. probably be significantly, probably be a he, few months. He just retired. Yeah, and now he so, will have nothing, or I mean, at least. He'll have like, a new job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll just be the butcher at the counter, not the owner anymore. So. Yeah, he, he, his plan was to retire. Yeah. He, he did that, and now he's done. Yeah. He has to go back to work. But no, I think he's earning, learning a trade, you know, because I'm sure that's one of the things because he hired a crew. Okay. I'm sure part of that's like, teach me what you know. And then for year two, he's going to join some other retirees. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> actually gonna, not a bad job. He's going to find an elderly man to swab his poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like the hard salami, Brent. <laughs> so. Well, he didn't say he didn't like it. He just said he likes Rose more. That's true. That's true. He may be a very metropolitan dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, so Dorothy cuts her off. Uh, they say, you know, she's afraid she pressured him into something, but they convince her that, you know, it's good for him and that it would also be good for her. Right. Uh, she yeah. says that uh, she can't go on the trip, but uh, Blanche asks if she's ever done something that's truly impetuous. Rose explains, oh, no. At 15 in St. Olaf, you know, they have a sign, a pledge that they we won't do crazy stuff. And she uh, tells him that it prevents people from painting their houses silly colors. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of impetuous when her and not Miles took their cruise. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they did it on the high seas. I don't know. That's still not... I guess that's impetuous compared to, like, a normal day. Mm-hmm. But it's not impetuous as in, like, I'm going to completely uproot my entire life and go away for, you know, some undetermined period of time. Yeah. I think there's different levels, for sure. When I when I was uh, watching this, part of me wanted to go back, <clears throat> excuse me, through the episodes and see if there was an instance we could find where Rose really did do something off the cuff. I would say that, in fairness, when she decided to move out on her own um, mm-hmm. and move in with those other two people yeah. on the beach, that was pretty impetuous. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. So, it was, so yeah, I don't was know. there a dispute for that? I forget. Well, I think she started hanging out with younger people, and then they oh, it was, it became it was attractive good. to her. Is because she almost died. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She almost died, and so then she started living up life and, you know, dealing with a bunch of, you know, I don't know, tweakers and whatnot that were her new <laughs> friends, mm-hmm. um, and that didn't jibe with the yeah, other all girls. all people who weren't really her friends. Yeah, kinda. exactly. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's because she didn't tell them she used to run Detroit. That's true. <laughs> Had she, then they would have all stayed in line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Or I used to run St. Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rose says that you know she'll need to sleep on it. Uh, then Sophia, who uh, I don't think was really paying a whole lot of attention to the uh, conversation, goes off on a rant about sleeping on things and with people and why they always talk about their sexual problems. And then when asked uh, what her sexual problems were, she answered that she doesn't get any. Yeah. Uh, she then expounds on saying that uh, she read an article that a woman's sexual peak is at 83. <laughs> Blanche said, no, no, I read that article too. It's, it's 33. And Sophia then kind of sadly says, oh, uh, she's left to assume that the recent feelings that she's been having are a result of colitis, <laughs> which is a digestive disease, yeah. if anyone didn't know. She then excuses herself and leaves <laughs> the room. We change scenes. We see Vincenzo uh, in his work crew, which is a correction of also rather elderly gentlemen. All right. Dorothy kind of scoffs at their age, but Sophia reminds her that at one point they were all experts in their craft. Rose enters, also asking who the old guys are. Dorothy tells her that it's the Osmond brothers and that uh, they've been going downhill after Donnie left. Mm-hmm. So. See, I didn't realize there were more Osmonds besides Donnie and Marie. Oh, did you not? 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I never really thought that much about it. Yeah. You think uh, think Donnie was part of the Donner party? Probably so. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds stupid. Yeah. You can cut that out. <laughs> Blanche tells her that... He, uh, oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't cut it out? Because what? Um... Yeah, it's it's not relevant to this episode. It's the next one. Oh, okay. gotcha. All right, Donnie Most from Happy Days. That's <laughs> who I was going to talk about, but he has no bearing on this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to tune in next week to find out. It's Cliff My thoughts on what Prince most. talking about. <laughs> Stay tuned for Donnie Most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was my favorite of Richie Cunningham's friends, though. Oh, really? I, I, I'd take him over, you know, because he was Ralph Mouth. Okay. And I would take him over Potsy. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. an easy call. Yeah. Wouldn't what you about? consider Fonzie, though, to be one of his friends? You take no, Fonzie. I was going to say that. I mean, I guess they become friendly mm-hmm. later in the series, mm-hmm. but I think he was more of a mentor oh, okay. than yeah. a friend, you know? Well, that's a fair assessment. They all assessment. kind of looked up because there was an age difference, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always older? Mm-hmm. Yep. Arthur Fonzarelli was a bit older. Maybe a slight generation gap or something? Possibly. Yeah, I could see that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, especially at that age, just like five years could be a different oh, sure. generation. Yeah. You know? I think you wonder, though, like, why Fonzie wasn't fighting in Korea. Uh, <laughs> draft dodger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I, I think I heard actually a reason for that. Okay. It was a. Uh, Club Shin, foot. I was gonna say, I was gonna say uh, shin splints, or what was it? Trump hat, <laughs> like, bone spurs, <laughs> bone spurs. That's what I was trying to go for. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that was that uh, would have been very well played had I not interrupted you. Exactly. Maybe the audio cut out. And you can re-record it. <laughs> when we cut out the bad Donny joke. We oh, put, okay. Just put it in its just, place. Just really yeah. awkwardly placed in there. <laughs> bone spurs. <laughs> Blanche tells her that uh, Vincenzo, they're Vincenzo's friends, and she's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then she asks if she's decided how she's going to answer Al's, you know, propo- proposition to go around the uh, on the cruise. Rose says, oh, no, I haven't decided. Just then, Vincenzo says something uh, very brief in Italian, and Sophia states that uh, he may have a solution for her problem. And, of course, they listen up, and then uh, she tells an elaborate story about an architect offered a job to add a wing to the Vatican, mm-hmm. but it was during wartime, and, and traveling to Rome may be dangerous, so uh, he neglects, or he not neglects, but he declines the job and stays safe at home, but then lives to regret passing up such an amazing opportunity to essentially make history. Right. And then the moral of the story then is, life without risk is no life at all, which I thought was a great line. Mm-hmm. Tell that to the contractors on the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had no life at all afterwards, didn't they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was a clerk's reference. <laughs> that was a great part of that movie. Mm, that's why, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. That was a, wonder, that was a wonderful conversation. Mm. Yeah, and it it honestly is far more relevant. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> than well, a lot of people would probably give it credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole roofers and took kind of hit on the house and all that jazz. Yeah. Personal politics. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> Uh, Rose thanks Vincenzo for the story and then says that, you know, she's decided to accept Al's offer and sail the world. Uh, she leaves and Blanche asks, you know, B- Sophia if Vincenzo really told her all that. Sophia responds, of course not. He's a carpenter. I'm the philosopher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants everyone out of the garage, though, until the work is done. Uh, 
so I think Dorothy asked why, but uh, he says the work crew's uh, poor eyesight. Uh, they all look like Swedish stewardesses. And then she adds that, you know, old age can play some pretty cruel tricks on you. Yeah, yeah, I like that line. Uh, change scene. And then now we're aboard Al's uh, new boat. The girls are all dressed up for what I'm assuming is a Bon Voyage type dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's a very large boat. It yeah. does look pretty big, yeah. Yeah, he's got, apparently he had a, did well in the meat business. <laughs> Going to pork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he bought it when it was not as uh, hot of a commodity, and then by the time he sold it, it was up to nine bucks uh, <laughs> exactly. a loin. So, 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 like, what do you think a deli man names his boat? Hmm. What oh, that's be? a good question. The meat rocket. <laughs> the meat rocket. <laughs> salami. Oh, that's a really good one too. A hard, th- hard salami. <laughs> yeah, a thin slice of life. Um, oh, yeah, slice of life's really good. That's pretty mm-hmm. good too. Yeah. Yeah. That was the name of Dexter's boat. Oh, yeah. oh I forgot yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know in Raising Hope they went through like they were listing boat names. Do you, do you have a good suggestion? I can't think of one. <laughs> really, that's why I like stuttered on like throwing it out there. And then I was like, oh, they'll come up with something. And then while they're doing that, I'll think of one and we'll all be even. But no, I lost this game. <laughs> well, you know what? If you didn't play, you would have lost anyway, right? You always miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You guys both had really good ones. I'll interrupt the next episode with mine. Right. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> I think it'll be right up there with uh, Ralph Mouth, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, aboard Al's new boat, yeah, they're all dressed up, and Sophia, you know, it kind of comes in after uh, Blanche and Dorothy. She makes a snide comment that they kind of left her behind, and uh, traveling around the docks at night can be a bit sketchy. Dorothy protests, no, no, there's nobody around here like that at this time. Sophia said that you know she was kind of hoping that she would find someone so she could set uh, Dorothy up for a date on Saturday. Mm, yeah. Uh, Rose then joins them and tells them they'll go ahead and get drinks, and then uh, she get, she's going to go to find Al. She's been looking for him. The girls get some champagne, and Dorothy states that you know she loves champagne, but you know after a few glasses she'll kiss any man in sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, second later, we hear a splash, and someone yells, "Man overboard!" <laughs> yeah. Blanche kind of looks up her and reassures her friend that, you know, that was just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Rose finds Al and uh, tells him how excited she is about the trip and thanks him for inviting her and saying that she loves him and that uh, they can use the North Star to light their way. He says that he loves her too and corrects her that the light she's uh, mentioned is not the North Star, but is actually a light from the Spanish radio tower. Mm-hmm. I think commentary side. uh if they love each other, why don't we ever see Al again? Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> why don't we so- see Rocco this week either? <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. There's a lot of relationships that never end on the show, but that just fade away. So, mm-hmm. well, especially when they they talk about Dorothy and her, you know, pow- her her fouls with love and yeah. how things never seem to work out. She's had quite a few guys too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just assume that it's one of those things that the writers didn't want to go back to that same well every time they killed a man in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so frequently, exactly. She's gonna kill Al in bed later that <laughs> night. So uh-huh. we're just left to assume <laughs> yeah. that her body count continues to rise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is what they call it now. Well, I mean, Rocco could have just died of old age. That's <laughs> so. true. 
Uh, they call it body count when you get get some. Mm-hmm. Oh, do they? That's apparently. Hmm. That's so do you think like if Rocco died, the other Goldens need to like track down his daughter to give him their forty five thousand, or do you think they just can <laughs> use that to renovate their garage? Uh, no, nah, yeah, I think that w- as cash strapped <laughs> as they always seem to be, <laughs> I think they'd be like, well, he loved you and he wanted to spend it all on you, Ma. So we should mm-hmm. go ahead and get it. <laughs> that yeah. could be a boat name, Rose's third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is that the ro- the boat that Rose would buy after she inherited all of Al's money? Well, sure. Well, they could just, I'm just saying they would name it that after oh, okay. Al passed I from see. sex death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> Rose, 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 your boat. <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. Upset. Uh, Al tells her that you know he's feeling seasick. Even though they're still, you know, docked, and he doesn't think he can sail around the world, uh, he apologizes, assuming that Rose will be devastated. It's one of those things that, like, if his dream was to sail around the world, do you think he would have stepped on a boat at least once? Yeah, in his exactly. Life? <laughs> yeah, you would have thought there'd been some time where he would have gotten an indication. This is a docked boat, so it's, it's not like it's a boat that's exactly. wildly going it's, on. I thought he waters. would at least go on a small trip on a boat before he spent his life savings. Well, yeah, yeah some cruise. Saying, like at some point in his life, you think he would have been on a boat and be like, "Oh, I could do this forever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like at least a fucking pontoon boat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe he was really familiar with streams and lakes. Exactly. It's like, well, it's just like that, right? Right. Now he's stuck with a $45,000 yacht <laughs> that he has to call the Mist Stake. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So See? How, how long have you been working that one up? <laughs> For a couple minutes. I thought we were going to have that next episode, but here it is, sneaking up on us early. <laughs> We didn't think he was going to have one, then bam, third encore, there it is. <laughs> That's a good reference, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he apologizes that you know he thinks she'll be very upset about not going on a trip, uh, but she is pretty chill with it. She tells him that, you know, it's all right and points out the, the amount of courage it took to even get to this point. Right. Uh, she adds that, you know, they still have plenty of adventures left. Uh, she then uses an example of Space Mountain at Disney World, saying, you know, you go, you get in line, you go up, down, zooming around. And then, of course, this guy aggravates his uh, seasickness. Al runs over to the side of the boat and pukes. She goes over behind him and kind of comforts him by rubbing his back. And she suggests, well, maybe they can just get a pick with Goofy instead. All right. <laughs> and we change scene one last time. Uh, this time, Rose enters the kitchen. Blanche asks, you know, where she's uh, headed all dressed up. She tells him that she's going with Al to see uh, a concert in the park and listen to the Philharmonic. Dorothy says, oh, I didn't know he was a music lover. But Rose says, oh, he's not, but he just wants to see what the uh, the popular picnic meets are this season. Right. Uh, then Sophia runs in the kitchen telling the girls that the work is done and calls them in to see it. It has simply been re- uh, reverted, though, back to a garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sophia tells the girls that, you know, there was a miscommunication in the Italian because there's all these different dialects. Then Chinzo apologizes and offers to return the room back to the bedroom or the garage back into a bedroom. Blanche, however, declines and says, you know, thank you for the work. Then Vincenzo smiles and slowly stands up. Uh, Sophia is afraid then at that point that she may have promised her daughter's hand in marriage. But, hey, at least she's Italian. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, we had a handful of guest actors in that one. Uh, we had uh, George Coe. He played Al. Mm-hmm. 144 titles to his name. Um, various characters on Archer. This is one of his more recent things. Uh, he was also a 
I'm sure Brent remembers him as the voice of Wheeljack from uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Mm. Um, he uh, also, uh, this was his only Golden Girls episode, and uh, but he, he was in some other big things. like He was in The Stepford Wives and Kramer vs. Kramer. Um, he was also a character in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. See, what was the character's name? Chancellor Durkin was his mm-hmm. name on that. So did you have something else to add about uh, uh, George Coe? Uh, the Kramer versus Kramer oh, okay. uh, thing. So, you ever see this? There's a Norm Macdonald bit where, um, so he was on Saturday Night Live and um, Sylvester Stallone was on. Okay. And I, I came across this when I was doing my deep dive on Stop and My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, okay. Um, like Norm Macdonald's driving in a car and then uh, Sylvester Stallone, like Norm's just some dude, Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester Stallone. Okay. And like he's in a car wreck and he hits Norm. Okay, and so Norm's lying there dying, and he realizes that Sylvester Stallone, you know, has killed him, okay. and, and so he's using his, um, you know, dying words to talk about how horrible all of Sylvester Stallone's movies are, <laughs> and, and so it's Norm like bad mouthing Sylvester Stallone to his face, <laughs> and um, a part of it he gets um, you know, over top, over the top, sure. Um, so that one was the one where Sylvester Stallone um, was into arm wrestling. But he was arm wrestling in order for to get custody of his son, and um, Norm's like, "Oh, that was, that was so stupid." Did you ever see that movie Kramer versus Kramer? They got custody of that son without arm wrestling, <laughs> 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 something like that. But then, like um, at the very end, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm like stop or my mom will shoot." That was the absolute worst, and. Sylvester Stallone is like, yes, I admit it. Stop or my mom will shoot. It's horrible. Like he yells it. Everybody else hears it. Mm-hmm. And then Norm dies with a smile on his face. Like, I'm glad you admitted it or something <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> it was just a really, really funny bit. But the bit about Kramer versus Kramer was really funny in there as well. <laughs> like it's one of those things like it, it's obviously one of those sketches that Norm himself wrote <laughs> just because yes. he wanted to spend eight minutes shitting on Sylvester Stallone's movies to his face. <laughs> That is definitely the absolute epitome of a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also the epitome of a Norm yeah, McDonald's sketch. Sure, yeah, but I just Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you bring up a, a Saturday Night Live skit that features nobody <laughs> who is related to this episode. But it well, was, no, it was mom, funny. Stop my mom will shoot is still getting. Well, that's true. That is true, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there is uh, some relation There's in a there. There's a golden tie in there. Apparently. Exactly. I stand corrected. Because like, um, we're in like 1987 right now, mm-hmm. right? 88. 88. Okay. So we still got three years until we get uh, one stop and my mom will shoot to come out. Mm-hmm. So I've got three more years of research to <laughs> get done. I'm going to know that film like the back of my hand. You could write that book too. <laughs> Just because nobody else is going to. Yeah, the comprehensive. <laughs> So uh, we had a couple other guest actors in this. Uh, Don Woodward, he played Ernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 39 titles to his name. Um, probably best known as a Drunken Bar. Oh, and man. I was a gonna gnome named Norm. I was <laughs> hoping you were going to say best known as Ernie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. So that, <laughs> that is legitimately what I'm sure he's best known yeah. as. This is, though, his uh, one of two Golden Girls episodes. So we'll see him again here in like two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes back as a different character. They do that a lot. They do recycle a lot of extras. Well, yeah, but this one is like, I don't know. But they not normally the turn over usually, yeah, that yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also was orderly number two in Disorderlies, which I think is an underrated movie. With the fat boys? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He was not a fat boy. He was just not. In case. He was an orderly, <laughs> not a disorderly, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. 
so my, my wife was looking at um, after school things for our daughter and she came across one for like and she's like it says it's for at-risk kids but do you think she could still go to it and i was like well i think she could but i don't think she should mm. and i was like because basically she would be depriving an actual at-risk kid um, of that spot and i was like have we learned nothing from soul man <laughs> <laughs> and my wife was so confused <laughs> and so like i had to pull up the soul man trailer <laughs> and i was like here's the gist of it <laughs> Well, at least you didn't make her watch the entire movie. <laughs> I have not seen it. So yeah, do you know what it's about? Not a clue, actually. Oh, it's about a kid who takes... Uh, a white a, kid. Yeah, a white kid who takes like some sort of a pill that makes his skin darker and then pretends that he's a black kid. So and that he, he gets can... himself a jerry curl. and Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, wildly racist. <laughs> yes. When was this made? Uh, 88 or something? Yeah, I mean, it was right so around... about the same time? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so. terrible. But like, then, um, like um, he starts dating a, a woman of color... And then, like, he finds out that because he, he takes the scholarship because, like, nobody else had applied. And he's okay. like, oh, well, the money's not going anywhere. But then when he starts dating her, he she mentions that if nobody would have applied, then they would have opened it up to ladies. And so oh, she would have gotten the scholarship. So he did screw somebody up. Yeah, wow. he screwed her over. But, I mean, in his defense, it never even occurred to him that a lady could go to college. So... <laughs> well, he's, I mean, just, he's just all-around good guy. Is what you're exactly. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. It's a fair assumption for that dude. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we did have he spends a, two hours in blackface. Yeah, <laughs> he's not the north star for your moral <laughs> compass. I would say he's not even the uh, Mexican the... radio station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did have a uh, one other guest actor in that, uh, Vito Scotti, played uh, Vincenzo. Two hundred forty-five titles to his name. This is also his first of two Golden Girls appearances, but he doesn't come back for another season. Um, and then uh, probably his most famous role. I was really hoping it would be uh, in two episodes, and him and Ernie would face off mm-hmm. as garage masters. <laughs> <laughs> but Renovation he was, wars. It's probably his most famous role is the Nazarene and the Godfather. Um, but yeah, so uh, so definitely some some solid guest actors in that one. But uh, who was your MVP for this episode, Ski? I put it as Rose. I thought it was cool that she was willing to take such a big life risk. Well, that would be a pretty big risk to take. What about you, Brent? Um, I'm going to go with Vincenzo mm. just because, you know, I wanted to talk about Topo Gigio. <laughs> 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 no, um, my MVP for this one again would be probably. Uh, are we going to talk about best lines? Well, I mean, we, we kind of did as we went through, but if yours wasn't mentioned, what it was wasn't. your favorite? Um, oh, sorry. So, that's okay. Um, so when Dorothy's drinking the, the champagne, mm-hmm. and she's like, I drink this champagne, and all I want to do is just kiss a man. Yeah. And then you hear somebody that go, man overboard. Like, you hear a splash, and mm-hmm. like, man overboard. Oh, you did? Yeah. Where was I? I don't know. On your uh, phone? <laughs> 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 Trying to come up with that meat joke <laughs> for the boat. <laughs> Maybe I was looking up Topo Gigio. <laughs> it, it was worth it, though. It was worth it. Yeah. So, so, anyway, so that was your favorite. That miss, was a really good one. Mistakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but for my MVP, yeah, I'll go ahead and go with Rose as well. I went with Dorothy for this one. I thought it was a good Dorothy episode with solid lines. Uh, nothing terrible like we see in a an upcoming episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, Dorothy got my MVP for this one. And how many slices of cheesecake did this one earn for you, Ski? Five. Five? Nice. Cinco. A little bit above average. How about you, Brent? Um, I'll go with... I'm just going to go with four, just because I don't like it when we get two consecutive episodes about sort of the same theme. Mm. And so now we've had two where, like, you know, 
old men spend their life savings to woo a golden. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is, yeah, it is crazy. I noticed that too. I went with the four also. I mean, I thought some of the comedy was good, but it wasn't anything that blew me away. Um, it was just you know, a real nice down the middle average episode. Yeah, solid double. Now it's funny. I always I say that a lot of times. I give a four. But I don't give a whole lot of scores that are significantly below a four. Mm-hmm. So really an average is probably closer to five for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, going by my grading scale, I'd put it a little below average. Mm. Um, but still a good episode nonetheless. I seem to recall season one, episode 20, you doled out like two slices. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my grade was for that episode. My grade for the uh, recap, though, would have been a, an eight oh, slice. Nice. Yeah, so people should definitely tune into that one <laughs> if you haven't yet. <laughs> so. Exactly. But anyway, with that, uh, I think any any other things to add to this episode, gentlemen? Mm-mm. All right. Well, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. I was telling Brent, Brent and I when you were upstairs had to re-record a small portion of this last one because it cut out right when we were given our mm-hmm. um, our ratings. Oh uh, no! So like you gave your rating, then it cut out, then it came back with me saying, "So I guess that averages out to six point seven five. I guess I could have let people just infer, yeah. <laughs> but so we just recorded I was like that. Maybe something happened with the dog barking. No, I didn't. I don't even think it was showed it, up. Was it? Could you hear it in the thing? I don't think so, but I only listened to a couple seconds of it. I don't know if that little bit of time I mm-hmm. listened was the time when she was barking. But yeah. anyways, I so. mean, I was in, I was that was a that was an active aggression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you were trying to scare me like a little threat. What do you do now, huh? <laughs> Who owns the house now, Alan? It's my computer. Well, it's one of those things that I'm just to sort of circle back, um, moving this thing. What you said, it's a dresser, whatever. It's a, I mean, it's a display case or whatever. It's like a tall thing with glass, mm-hmm. you know, sides. You gotcha. said roughly 800 to five to, to five thousand pounds. Yeah, between there, there. yeah. Okay. But uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, yeah, I definitely want to do it, you know, between the recordings of episodes two and three. Okay. Because if we do it after episode three, then, you know, we're sort of on our own time. But between <laughs> two and three, I can tell my union rep that you made me move furniture. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it could be a voluntary thing. Exactly. Here's the problem, though. What if the furniture moving union hears about it then all of a sudden you're crossing trade lines and then you're going to be in shit i'm going to be in shit about it i'll have to pay all of them for <laughs> you're acting like i'm not already in that union <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> i like that i like to think that you basically you don't make any money in a month because all of it's going to union dues <laughs> yeah, i got them whether all you, whether you work for them or not specifically yeah, exactly. i'm a union man. Your bases. i'm supportive of all of them yeah I got a pipe fitters meeting tomorrow afternoon. It's kind of like you go to Vegas, you put half your money on black and half on red. Exactly. Just making sure. Exactly. Oh, well, 50-50. You got to play the odds, fellas. Exactly.